everything is mud. Mud and more mud.
Get your mic. Good, it's working. Okay. Um, welcome. Oh, by the way, this is WFMU East Orange, WXHD Mount Hope. Irwin, your host. Email irwin at wfmu.org. Uh, Muriel's Treasure, kicking off a few minutes early this afternoon because I have a special guest, Richard Gare, who I've known about for a long time. First time we've ever met. And uh, I said when I launched this program back in gosh, October that as much as I love Calypso and like Soka, I don't consider myself a great authority on the history of these musics. And uh, I don't really have a lot of deep knowledge. And I said I would get some experts down here, people who knew more about it than I did and could speak about it more eloquently than I can. And I am fulfilling my promise today in bringing Richard Garrett down here. He is a renowned author, journalist, world music authority, editor, eMusic, SonicNet.com, Village Voice, Rolling Stone, LA Weekly, Monthly? Reader. Uh, reader, right. Uh, now defunct. And elsewhere. Um, and Richard is programming this hour, and he will discuss the music. And there will even be drum machines. <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, have to, I have to add one caveat. I am by no means an expert in Calypso. I'm a dilettante. Um, Aren't and, we all? I enjoy it immensely. Um, uh, but I think for the deep history, you would have to go elsewhere. But I do know what I like, and I have uh, can supply anecdotal evidence. Well, you've already given me a lead on someone to invite down the show who knows, <laughs> who knows co- uh, more than you and I collectively. Yeah, well, you know, even if I don't know something, I can point you to somebody who does. Okay, um, we started out with uh, Three Canal, right? Three Canal, yeah. The very popular Three Canal. You're actually featuring some newer recordings on this program than than I probably do. Uh, Yeah, there'll be some newer stuff. Um, In fact, there'll be some very recent stuff. Some of the the Road March winners from this year's Carnival, which Mm -hmm. is the the Road March... uh, is is uh, divide, is is decided by the audience, and it's pretty much uh, the audience consensus of what the best songs of the year's carnival happen to be. We'll get to that later. I Have you go. gone? Nope, nope. That's why I'm, I'm no authority. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I had, next year. I had uh, when we did our Marty Sparrow tribute a couple of weeks ago. At Lane Steinberg, and we were talking about how how it, we're trying to you know bring this music, this Mighty Sparrow music and Calypso music to, to the masses and it's just a couple of middle-aged Jewish guys from <laughs> the suburbs who, uh, who, who seem, you know, so obsessed with this music. Yeah, well, you got to go there and get your wine on, Erwin. Well, next you're going to play some chutney, right? Yeah. What do you yeah. got? Uh, well, uh, the first thing we're going to hear is uh, the first chutney hit. It's called Nana and Nani and it was recorded in 1970 by uh, Sundar Popo and uh, it was the first uh, Chutney hit, and uh, Chutney uh, was a music that combined um, Trinidadian rhythms with uh, lyrics in uh, Hindi and Trinidadian patois, uh, and it was, it's really popular. There's a, there's a large uh, Hindi population in Trinidad and Tobago, and this music reflects that. Well, let's roll with it. This is Sundar Popo. Anani 
Draw it over uh, Paul and Heather. That's your excuse for everything. <laughs> uh, okay. Got it. What did we just hear? Uh, well, the first thing we heard was uh, uh, Nana and Nani by Sundar Popo. And uh, I think that's a, I think that's a, a kind of a Reader's Digesty kind of anecdotal song about his beloved grandparents and their uh, hijinks. And uh, after that, we heard um, Mr. Shankar. 
by uh, Nishan the Hitman Prabhu, which um, I have a feeling is, is several years later, but um, it's uh, it's uh, one of those you know kind of songs about uh, a boy and his girlfriend's father, and I think it I, I'm pretty sure that it sparked at least one reply song, um, which I did not bring, and probably more than that. So I think it there's it's one of those famous reply uh, generators. And then the last uh, track was Lotila by Sunny Man, and uh, it's uh, it's another another Chutney hit. And uh, I love this stuff. I love the, I love the Indian percussion. I love the Indian percussion that kind of like reminds you of drum machines, um, and may probably inspired later drum machine rhythms because they're good ones. My guest is Richard Gare, who is a uh, world music writer. I won't refer to you as an authority, okay? Okay. Thanks. A world music writer and fan and the uh, world music editor and the reggae editor over at emusic.com. And uh, I want to ask you, when you started collecting this stuff, was it just sort of an outgrowth of your interest in world music in general, or did you start discovering this um, before you then expanded your taste off into other areas of world music? Uh, I think I think reggae came first, and, uh, and because it's sort of like the, the uber-Caribbean music. Um, and uh, once you get interested in reggae, you realize that everybody else in the islands uh, has been influenced by it. But then uh, I got influenced, or I got interested in uh, calypso and soca and rapso and you know all the other derivatives of Trinidadian uh, music later on. And um, but more recently, I became uh, really interested in early uh, Calypso because of the series of Emory Cook recordings that the Smithsonian Institute uh, reissued. And um, a bunch of them popped up on emusic.com, and they just were so good that I just really had to write about them. And so I started uh, uh, doing a little research, and I, and I found out that Emory Cook was this uh, 1950s... Um, Audio fanatic. He was an engineer and a and a recorder. And you've you've been you've been you've been talking about him for a while. It's actually here. how I found you, because I was googling Emery Cook and came across something you had written about him at eMusic, and I thought, well, here's a guy who knows more than I do. Well, and I it was a really well written article, and you found this thing in the New Yorker, huh? Going yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, googling, you know, <laughs> the way anybody researches anything these days. I googled him, and uh, remember, remember libraries. Hmm? Remember libraries? Oh, <laughs> kind of. Isn't that where like Childhood. smelly old men go to? Yeah. Um, uh, but there's an, uh, in one reference to Emery Cook, there was a, this uh, this reference to a, a New Yorker profile, and so I dove into not the library, my seven DVD <laughs> box set of complete New Yorkers. The and, library of sorts. Yes, exactly. And um, found this uh, ginormous um, profile of Emery Cook by uh, Daniel Lang. Uh, it was a two-parter back when the New Yorker did two-part profiles. That's that's old school, um, and it's a great piece. Two and great it's pieces from the fifties. From the fifties, yeah, nineteen fifty-six, and uh, when he was first coming to prominence for his pioneering work uh, of an audiophile nature, he was he was the guy who launched Cook Records, which you can still find. They're very very heavy cardboard sleeves, very often, or thick vinyl. And strange sound effects and a lot of ethnic music. And he did a lot of recording down in the Caribbean. He did a lot of field recording. He was he was uh, uh, obsessed with obsessed with sound. Obsessed with uh, with making things sound accurate. There's this great thing he said. He said he said uh, uh, to Daniel Lang. He said, "Sound is a way of daydreaming, an escape into the wild blue." A bad recording interferes with that escape, forcing the listener's imagination to strain against alien elements. And we know how painful that can be, Erwin. WFMU actually has that effect on its listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so so Emery Cook was uh, devising uh, uh, all this all this state of the art recording stuff, and he actually um, he actually was responsible for the world's first uh, stereo recordings and. Uh, he came up with this uh, uh, came up with this contraption uh, called, called the Reco Cut Turntable. Uh, it was a double cartridge machine. Cost $165 in 1953. That's he, when he manufactured them. He manufactured and them. sold them. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he manufactured the turntable. Someone else did the turntables, but he he uh, he started uh, his Cook Laboratories label. Cook Laboratories: Sounds of Our Time. 
And his he had a big hit. His first big hit was Rail Dynamics, uh, a hi-fi rendering of uh, train sounds that he recorded um, uh, on the New York Central Line between Ke- Peekskill and New York City. And it sold more than 50,000 copies in 1956. That's the one that almost got his neighbor to sue a realtor for selling uh, them a property without telling them that there was a rail line nearby. Uh-huh. When in fact it was Emery Cook merely playing his own recording at high volume in his barn. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're indebted to Emery Cook for documenting all this great Caribbean music. He, he, I don't know how many Calypso records he put out on Cook, but there are dozens of them. They are. Uh, he donated his entire collection to the Smithsonian. Indeed. Uh, passed away in 2002, I think? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Donated his collection uh, around 1990. And I've, I've mentioned this on the air before. You can go to the Smithsonian website, and if you search around there, you can um, buy. They will sell you a CD with very perfunctory packaging of any of the ones that they have depicted online. There's a handful they've actually commercially released, one of which we're about to play a track from. Yeah, and I, I feel, I feel uh, contractually obliged to mention that um, almost all of his recordings, Smithsonian recordings, can be found at emusic.com. You may mention that. Okay, last plug. So we've got, uh, we've got a, a, a song with two Calypsonians swapping insults. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is great. It's, just, it's such a great recording, too, because Cook sounds like he was on stage with these two guys, with, uh, with uh, uh, Sparrow and, uh, was it Lord Invader? Lord, Lord Melody. Lord Melody. And they had an ongoing, uh, an ongoing uh, rivalry, which they uh, uh, pursued in many hit tracks, and this is them uh, on stage, in person. It's the, the Pekong. It's called the Pekong, and it's Duel with Insults at Six Inches. Well, my lordy, come close to me. I will tell you plain and candidly. Don't stop it back and smile, because you have a face like a crocodile. At all. I mind you when you were small. Many of the nights I used to mash your head in crossing to go on your mother. I know you think you are looking sweet. Posing here in your old fall street is a lucky thing your uncle kick out for you to get the fall street to put in your mouth.
shouldn't tell me that this is what I am compelled to tell you flat I hope it doesn't say that I am crack in a while I'll be whining behind your back my flesh I wouldn't say you're fresh back to back belly to belly and I think you are slack I thought that you swallowed the grammar book When you've been a lily gal Old man grow you up very nice Now you turn to big old man You want to lead your own life Oh no Clear out and go You hear Salaminia Campania I had a read on yesterday's papers, a cricket match. 
with some Chinese players. I had a read on yesterday's papers, a cricket match with some Chinese players. They say the Indian people names funny, nothing to beat the Chinese. As though the Chinese does get their names by the beating of the steel band in forest rain for his linking. Bold and caught by Lung Pang and Quinting. For clean bold by Pung Pang and the whole over show. When Lung Long and Wang Pung Ting Pang Pung Hau Swing. I was in a lapure. I read about the team yesterday. I bit my tongue on several occasions to make. The right pronunciation, you must be graduated in China to pronounce these Chinese things proper because, as I understand, they get the name to the sounding of a tin pan for it linking. Bold and caught by Lung Pang and Winking. Got in bold by Pung Pang and the whole oval show when Lung Long get one Pung Ting Pang to house One of the umpires made a sign to the scorers. He said, Ling Ping Ting Pang Pilum Long. That meant that they made a short run. The chain started a fighting, saying the umpire was stealing. And friends, you could believe me. When I finished read, I was talking Chinese, saying Ling Ting. Bold and caught by Lung Pang and Ping Ting. Buckling bold by Kung Pang. And the whole over showed when Lung Long get one Kung Ting Pang Kung I had some Chinese friends with me today Want me to sing like Fukie Well, I made self-introduction It had me in one confusion Up came Mr. Lumulong, he's a dictator Meet Mr. Pumupong Well, it's an really new what I read on the papers was really true about linking. Bold and caught by Lung Pang and Quinting. Cockling bold by Pung Pang and the whole over show. And Lung Long get one Pung Ting Pang to we went on a little Cook's tour there. My guest is Richard Gare. He's the one who's choosing the selections for this hour of Muriel's Treasure. And uh, we just played some recordings from Emery Cook collection, which is now in the uh, hands of the Smithsonian Institute. Want to back announce for us? Does that mean you start with the last track or the... F- no, no, yeah, it's, it, 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 it is actually, but you can do whatever you want. Uh, well, start in the middle if you want. Uh, well, I won't. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to be a little more formal. Um, uh, the last track was called Chinese Cricket Match, and it was. Uh, I'd like to apologize to anyone who may possibly have been offended by that. Um, uh, <laughs> and I should confess that I had heard that months ago, the track, and thought, this is too stupid even for me. <laughs> it's it's retarded. It's really retarded, but, you know, kind of funny, too. Yeah. Um, uh, but that was Chinese Cricket Match by Dictator. And before that, we heard uh, Indo La Nase No by King Fighter. And uh, I haven't quite decoded that yet. And I have a feeling it has to do with, like, uh, uh, something about the... Um, like a cultural, like a cultural collision, cultural confusion between Trinidad's uh, Indian and African American populations, or it could be about something else completely different. There, it's interesting too. There are actually two layers of decoding necessary in listening to a lot of Calypso and Soka. Number one is understanding what they're saying in the first place, and number two, understanding what it means. Both of which can be rather cryptic. Yeah. Oh no, it always means more. It always means something, something else. It's very, uh, uh, it's it's very, very coded in that way. For me, it's part of the mystery too. There's so much great jargon in early calypso. Um, I've even read uh, real authorities, the historians of the, of the music who write about it, and even they often can't understand the lyrics to some of the songs, just the way they're garbled, the way they're 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 sort of uh, mumbled. And they'll just leave a line and say they're not sure of what a line is in a particular song by 
by yeah, Norman Vader yeah. or, or, or Houdini or someone. Yeah, I think there's a lot of rhyming slang, too, and there's just like, you know, double and triple entendres, and sometimes just single entendres. Um, so uh, before, before that, that we, we before that the first thing we heard out of that little batch was um, Pekong, Duel with Insults at six inches, and uh, it's just like an amazing. It just occurred track. to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got the six inches. Yeah. Now, do you think Edward? You think Cook knew, <laughs> knew oh, that when yeah. he titled oh, it? Oh yes. Oh yes. I've I've read some of Cook's own writing about uh, his experiences down there, and oh, he was quite aware yeah. of what was going yeah. on. You got to understand, he was drawn to this music. Of course, he must have known what half of what they were singing about was sexual in nature. Well, you know, and in, in, in this track, it's even gets, gets better because it's like it's like Melody saying, uh, like talking about when he used to be he used to babysit Sparrow, and he like uh, one line is many nights I used to match your head and crossing to go on your mother's bed <laughs> <laughs> well that was our Emery so Cook vulgar. set and now we're going to uh, jump forward a couple of decades yeah a couple of decades to, uh, so w- w- to, a, to an era that some people consider to be uh, uh, consider to be another golden age of Soka the late 90s and uh, we're going to start with a track uh, uh, Jump for Joy by Super Blue off of this album called Soka Matrix, which was just this hugely influential uh, late 90s uh, uh, Soka album. It's a compilation or it's all Super Blue? It's all Super Blue. Here we go. Super Blue on Muriel's Treasure on WFMU. Country, glory, hallelujah, Pantrin Bego, you 
tourists coming down in the savanna They want him as the main entertainer When the fed over money like by a woman classic and wine And they pay the hard work and no mind He said that he want them people to know From now on he ain't singing so Before they put the thing up on his head He want them to pack up the thing with bread So I saw gone dread So I saw gone dread, dread, dread Go rap to them bald heads Tell them I saw gone dread Here with uh, my guest Richard Gare, who is a world music writer and uh, the world music and reggae editor at emusic.com. And he's spinning the Calypso and the Soka for this hour of Muriel's Treasure. What did we just hear, Richard? Uh, that was uh, Black Stalin, uh, Kaiso Gondred, and that was sort of uh, Black Stalin's. Uh, Black Stalin is one of huge soca star who was uh, uh, won the road march competition for several years in the 70s late 70s and 80s um, but that song is a complaint that uh, after carnival everybody forgets about the calypsonians they don't have they don't need them except during carnival and the track before that was um, jump for joy that, but that, that's a recurring theme by the way i've noticed yeah, in a number yeah. of songs the mighty duke has one called play them same thing about how they only play them for a week a year and then they forget them the rest of the year it's on the shelf yeah, yeah, like religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> the first and the first uh, uh, the first track was uh, Super Blues, Jump for Joy, uh, tribute to Pan uh, Pan Trinbago, and uh, you know it's like it's his just his way of saying that at the bottom of all this is the rhythm and the pan drums are the uh, rhythmic foundation of all this music. So here, the next track we're playing is uh, uh, it's called Scandalous by uh, Michelle Montano. And this was uh, this year's Road March winner, and uh, so you can... This year being 06. 06, yeah, from uh, February's uh, Carnival, and uh, so this is like pretty much state-of-the-art. Jumping up hilarious, jumping up hilarious, jumping up hilarious, 
listen to me. I'm talking to you. Oh, patiently, going through the different stages of life. Kenny, you can actually go into seven-second delay. You can... You can carve whatever we take out of your show, out of their show. Um, and we apologize for having played part of a song a second time, but we really should have been paying attention. But Richard and I were so distraught over Paul and Heather that... Uh, <laughs> don't cry. <laughs> there, there, there. <laughs> Here, just just wipe your tears. Um, but we did want to, uh, number one, say goodbye. And number two, play one more track, but it required a little bit of introduction yeah well just just i guess we should say the last couple of things we played was stages by blazer and uh, scandalous by michelle montano and uh, that's this year's this year's stuff this is it's as good as it gets state of the art it's what the kids are listening to um the, this last track is called uh, is something completely different it's uh, speed the parting speed the parting guest it's uh, emery cook recorded it uh I think uh, at home with uh, a, a, a party full of people. And uh, uh, can I, can I read, read something really oh, short go right about ahead. it? Go right ahead. Uh, this is, he described it as, um, uh, well, if, as you listen to it, you'll realize that there's a whole bunch of Calypso and, and uh, Trinidadian influences. But uh, he said, every time a host plays this track, his guests go home, he saves himself a bottle of scotch, and everybody feels fine on the 812 the next morning. The theme of the record is just go, go, go. And it's just, it's nothing but percussion. Just a lot of percussion. Richard Gare has been my guest. I want to thank him for stopping down oh, here. Thanks and bringing, for having me, Owen. It was a real treat. Bringing a lot of music that I have overlooked, just haven't discovered yet. Thank you very much. So we go out with speed, the parting guest, appropriately enough. This is WFMU East Orange, WXHD Mount Hope.